0: You can also find us on the web at VineyardBrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, it's good to have you with us this morning. Now, what did you think of that video? Did it? (laughs) Well, I think it's just so special how this this little boy who found more money than he's probably ever seen in his entire life and rather than using it for something that would serve him you know did you see how he was kind of salivating over the ice cream you know and he sees this happen where the the ball gets kicked into the stuff and everything and he uses that money to help somebody else That it's Did you see the smile on the kid's face? That's joy. That's what joy feels like. The Apostle Paul told the believers in the ancient church of Ephesus, I entrust you to God in this message of grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. I've never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes, and you know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs, and even the needs of those who are with me. And I've been a a constant example of how you can help those who are in need by working hard. And you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. As we've said already, today's the third Sunday of Advent, and if you haven't picked up one of these, I would encourage you to pick one up. They're out there on the, on the table in the back. And inside, it's, it has the scripture that I'll be using as part of, of my, my sermon this morning. And it also leaves space to use as a journal. So if you have some time and, and you'd like to, like to go through this, you can go back and, and listen to the first sermon. It's, it's out on our website. We didn't have it last week because we forgot the to, the recorder. So, uh, But today's is being recorded, so you can go back and, and review if you'd like. But uh, I, I hope that you would, would take advantage of this. I think this would be really helpful. My wife and I, we come from a background that really didn't celebrate Advent, and we started doing this within the last 10 years or so, and it, and it was just life-changing for us. And so I would encourage you, if you would... If you'd like to like to do that, just pick one up on your way out. And, and you s- heard our little advertisement for our, our party tonight. I hope you'll be here tonight. But I've said for the last two weeks, and I'll continue saying as we go through this advent season, that the purpose of Advent is to give us the opportunity to slow down. Did you catch that? To slow down. What happens during the holidays? it seems like everything just goes into hyperspeed. We've got parties that we've got to go to. We've got events that we've got to do. We've got all these things that are on the calendar, and and it's just go, 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 go. And Advent gives us the opportunity to slow down and to prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ, both His first coming in His birth and also in anticipation of His second coming. We are waiting in anticipation for Jesus to come and to come again. And our Advent series this year is called The Invitation, Saying Yes to the Holy Spirit. Brian and Shauna lit the pink joy candle just a few minutes ago and it signifies our longing for the joy that Jesus will bring and is already bringing into the world. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. An invitation to joy. But now before I go on, we've been doing this for the last few weeks, and and I hope that each of you are, are anticipating an opportunity to risk. Did anybody have an opportunity this last week to t- take a risk and do something that the Lord might have prompted you to do? Anybody? Or how about maybe you recognized an opportunity? I recognized an opportunity. I didn't take advantage of it. and I've been kicking myself a little bit the rest of the week. I, was, I, I got called in to, to ring the bells at, at Walmart you know, for Salvation Army. And I think I, I get invited to do this because I like to sing while I'm ringing the bell. And it draws a lot of, a lot of, a lot of attention. And I, I don't know, maybe I get more donations than anybody else. I don't know. But, but I'm out there and I'm ringing the bell and I'm singing and I'm singing and I see a lady walk out the door and she's limping. And I thought to myself, well, I'll finish singing the song and then I'll catch her before she gets to her car. Well, guess what happened? She got to her car and left before I finished the song. And that opportunity was missed. So... Middle note to self, next time when I see somebody, instead of finishing the song, maybe I'll stop and just, just ask, hey, can I pray for you? I see you're limping, whatever. And the reason that we're doing this each week, and, I, and I'm going to continue doing it, and, and some of you may just, just, just tell me later, will you please stop asking for, for the risks? But I, I want us to see the, the opportunities that are around us. Because they're, they're not, they usually don't come in like some, some flashing light, you know, the fireworks going off. You know, here's your opportunity. Sometimes it's as simple as somebody who's just walking with a limp or someone who might seem like they're down. And it, at this time of the year, I mean, if you, if you look, you can see that there are people who are in need right around you. Maybe your neighbor, maybe someone that you bump into at the grocery store wherever. And I want to I ask one more thing before I go on, and we're going to do this at the, at the end of the service too, but maybe this last week you might have you had a dream or you had a, had a picture or, or something that you feel like God might have dropped into your heart. Is there anybody that, that you had that experience and you like, might like to share that this morning? It's always hard to get the first person to do it, you know? you got to break the ice. That's okay. That's okay. But I, I'm, I'm going to continue doing this. i want to give us opportunities because this, this is the kind of stuff that encourages each other, you know? You do something and someone else sees that, that you tried that. Well, if, if they did that, surely I can, you know? It's not just for the pastor to do it. It's not just for Danelle to do it. It's for everybody to do it. And we can do it, and God can use us in our little sphere of influence to make a difference. So, I'm sure by now that I've probably told you about my first Sunday school teacher at the First Assembly of God Church in Malakoff. I've been here for, we're coming up on four years since we started attending this church. And so, by now, I think most of you have heard most of my stories So I I I say that going in because you probably heard them. Now if you're a new person that you you get to hear it for the first time. But I I had a wonderful, wonderful Sunday school teacher whenever I was I was coming up in, in the church. She was the pastor's wife. And I only knew her as Sister Cook. That's what we called her. I didn't realize until I was an adult that she actually had a first name. But she taught an entire class of four and five years old. And I I think it was four to five years old. The the thing I remember is I couldn't read at that point in my life. And no one in the class could read. So I'm thinking we were probably like what would be preschool now. We didn't really have preschool whenever I was a kid. You know, kind of telling on myself. But she taught the entire class how to quote the 23rd Psalm. And as a motivator, she would get little gifts for the boys and for the girls. And for the longest time, I had this thing, and I, I was really proud of it. And my parents sold their house, and it's not there anymore. But I had this little, it was a little uh, pistol toothbrush. And you could click the, the thing while you're brushing your teeth, you know. It had a little holster. And, and my mom let me stick it up on, on the side of the little cabinet that was in our, in our, our bathroom. And that thing stayed there until my parents moved away in 2009. So, I, but, but I remember that because that was what I got for learning the 23rd Psalm. And you know what? I can still quote it the way that Sister Cook taught it to me right now. She had a powerful impact on my life, and I'm sure she had a powerful impact on all the kids who were, who were ever in her class. Well, she had a little saying. She had lots of little sayings. But the one that I remember that she told us, because everybody would come in and they would talk about toys and they'd talk about animals and they'd talk about all these little things. And she said, you know, kids, happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. And I didn't really understand what that meant as a little kid. I mean, you know, I was four or five years old. Well, about that time, she had a daughter that was, that was in high school, and I don't know how this worked out, but my parents let me run around with all the high school kids, and I was four and five years old. I don't know how that worked. But we went to a party one night after church, and we, there was one of the guys in the church at the time. He offered me a quarter and a cat. They had all these kittens, and so he offered me a quarter to take the cat, Home with me. You follow what's happening? Well, I was thrilled out of my mind. I mean, I could not, I could not stand it. Of course, my parents were not so thrilled whenever I got home with the cat. But on the way home, I was riding and in, in the, the lady's name is Verla. She passed away a few years ago. But we were riding along, and I'm just talking about how excited I am. I'm hugging the cat. You know, four years old, if you can imagine me at four years old, hugging a cat and loving this cat. And we're riding along and and, and I am just keep talking about it. And she said, you know, we can we could sing a song. And she started, started singing this song. The world didn't give me this love. The world didn't give me this joy. The world didn't give me this peace. And, it, you know, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Well... We sang that all the way. It was we were out in the country, so we had a little bit of a drive, and then she got me to sing for the first time in front of the church at five years old, and that was what started me in ministry. Literally in ministry, and it was it was all centered around that. But but more than than just the cat, more than just what was. What, what was so exciting at the moment was tapping into the joy that only the Lord can give and the world can't take away. Joy came as an invitation to follow Jesus, and it changed my life. I think one of the things that makes the Christmas story so special is that it contains stories of ordinary people who responded to God's invitation and then said yes to the Holy Spirit. We've already seen how Mary, she agreed to give birth to the Messiah. I mean, she had a choice. She could have said, "Uh, no, use somebody else. that's, That's too much. But she said yes. And then there's her fiance. I mean, he really didn't have any choice in the matter. She had already made the choice. And so he had the choice now whether to stay with her or to, or to get out. And Joseph agreed to marry Mary, to raise her son Jesus as his own son. Joseph said yes. Well, today we're going to hear from Mary's cousin, Elizabeth. She had been barren all her entire life. And her husband, Zechariah, was one of the temple priests in Jerusalem. And one day, while Zechariah was performing his regularly priestly duties, the angel Gabriel appeared to him and said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the Spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of their fathers to the children and will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And then he continues on in verse 23. When Zechariah's week of service at the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterward his wife became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. I want you to think for a moment what it must have been like for Elizabeth to have found out that she was pregnant. Now, for guys, that that might be a little hard to to understand, but ladies, I think you 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 got a grip on, on what that's like. And the story, it sounds really familiar. It's reminiscent of a, an older couple that we hear about in the Old Testament by the name of Abram and Sarai. And the Lord came to them and told them that they were going to have a baby. Now, their God-given names were Abraham and sarah sarah gave birth to a son at the age of 90 90 and abraham was 100 and they named him isaac which means laughter and joy how fitting Now, Scripture doesn't indicate Elizabeth's age. It's safe to assume that she might have been at an age where she had gone through the change. But she had long given up hope of having a child. I think Zechariah still had hope, but she had given up. I'm just not going to have children. And she had just... Resigned herself to that. Well, in the ancient world, a woman's value was tied to her ability to have children and whether she was able to take care of their home. I think we've all seen Fiddler on the Roof. You remember how hard the women were working (laughs) at home? They milked the cows. They, they, they brought in the stuff from the fields. They, they had to cook and clean and all the things that they had to do. If a woman had a child but was unable to take care of her home, it was almost just as bad. Women were already treated harshly by men and were considered to be property. And a barren woman was regarded like an animal that couldn't have young. Their value is tied to what they could produce. And a barren woman was also the butt of jokes and was openly mocked in society by men and women alike. Elizabeth had experienced the disgrace and this barrenness for all of her adult life. And now it was wiped away. She'd become the mother and her joy just could not be contained. I just can't can't imagine just how, how joyful she was, how excited she was about the prospect of finally becoming a mother. Well, meanwhile, in the little town of Nazareth, the same angel who had visited Elizabeth's husband dropped in to visit Elizabeth's cousin, Mary. And during this visit, the angel told Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, Your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Now, we've seen that Mary said yes. We saw that when we first started our Advent series. She said everything that said yes to everything the angel told her, and she didn't really even think about what it would mean for her to say yes. She just said yes. She was obedient. But what if this was just a figment of her imagination? Was it a dream? How could she confirm what had happened? Because all she knew was that the angel came and. Did something happen at that point? We, we don't know. Scripture isn't really clear about it. She might have even been tempted to doubt the word of the Lord. I've never had anything like this happen to me before. Maybe maybe I, I just had a hallucination. I mean, I, I don't know. The, the crazy things we think when we, we experience something that's out of the ordinary, you know. This doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. I've never had this happen to me before. So the angel told Mary about Elizabeth's pregnancy as a confirmation of the word that was given to her. If you have any questions, just go see Elizabeth. So, Scripture says that a couple of days later, maybe Mary's just trying to get things together at this point. So Mary went to Elizabeth's home, Elizabeth's home to find out if the angel's word to her was true. So let's look at verse 39 in Luke chapter 1. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. And she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth at the sound of Mary's greeting. Elizabeth's child leapt within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth gave out a glad cry and she exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe what the Lord would would do, what he said. This was confirmation. If she had any doubts, they went away. Now, can you imagine what it was like there in that home that day? Screaming, all the carrying on. Get a couple of ladies, maybe they're, they're bouncing around and hugging each other. I mean, all kinds of things are possible. There was so much joy there in that room. The Holy Spirit confirmed everything the angel told Mary when she walked to Zechariah and Elizabeth's home. And they all said yes. They all said yes. Well, I have a couple of questions I want to ask you today before we go. What joy is God inviting you into during this Christmas season? You may not even know what it is right now. And in order to find out, you might just need to... To open up and say, Lord, I want to say yes. I want to experience your joy in this season. And how might the Holy Spirit reveal His joy in your life this Christmas?